Thank you for downloading the Walking On Air podcast. Before I begin, I would like to thank the three fantastic sponsors of this podcast. Where are you going on holiday this year? Will you be exploring the mysterious moorlands of Dartmoor or the lovely lakes of the Lake District? Perhaps you would like an adventure in Andalusia or an autumnal wine walk in Sicily or Spain. Do you want to return to the roots of Nordic walking and have a go at cross-country skiing in Norway? Or are you looking for a challenge walk somewhere further afield in Africa, India or Canada? You can find holidays to all these incredible destinations and many more at walkingwomen.com. Local women guides provide in-depth knowledge of each area and will encourage you to walk a little longer and walk a little higher. Use the discount code WOA23 to get a £50 discount off your next walking holiday. Walking women take care of the organisation so you can take care of yourself. The next sponsor is the go-to supplier of brilliant Nordic walking poles. Nordicwalk.store is the leading independent online retailer of quality Nordic walking poles in the UK. Always warm and friendly, I can vouch for the fact that you will get excellent customer service in their capable hands. Nordicwalk.store will deliver Lecky and XL poles the next day anywhere in the UK and if you need advice about which pole is right for you, then contact Paula, who is always happy to help answer your questions. And finally, have you ever considered turning an activity you love into your actual job? If you enjoy being outdoors, meeting new people and staying fit, why not train to become an instructor yourself? British Nordic Walking offers internationally recognised high-quality instructor courses and provides amazing ongoing support for its instructor network. If this sounds tempting, then you can book an instructor training course with a £25 discount if you visit www.britishnordicwalking.org.uk, click on the Train With Us tab and book using the discount code WALKING23. I trained with British Nordic Walking back in 2014 and it provided me with all the information I needed to start teaching and gave me the confidence to set up as an instructor on my own. As a British Nordic Walking instructor, you too will benefit from ongoing support from the community and CPD opportunities to enhance your own knowledge. Further details, discount codes and links to the sponsors' websites can be found in the show notes. Hello, Marcus Easterling, and welcome to Walking On Air. Hello, Mary. Thank you. What was your exercise background before Nordic Walking? I didn't, I didn't really um, have any uh, other than uh, exercise at school, you know, PE lessons at school um, and sailing as a teenager. That was about my only exercising that organised exercise, I suppose. Um, I'd go for I enjoyed walking um, and would regularly go out on a Sunday for a, a wander around the, the, the area. And I also walked to and from work. So it was a means of getting commuting to work as well. And so how did you first hear about Nordic walking and what prompted you to take it up? Well, I, I actually went to the um, Bristol Walking Festival. Um, it was only a week long festival back then. And they had a hall where they had stalls out and it was mostly the Ramblers. I sort of like had this idea of going and joining the Ramblers because I wanted to explore more areas. You know, I was, getting, I was just going out for walks in areas I knew. 
outside the hall um, in, in, in the area just as you go in um, was Vicky Welsh uh, with, with a stall for Bristol Nordic Walking. And she was talking to somebody and I kind of like peered out, listened over this lady's shoulder as to what Vicky was saying. And, she, and I thought, oh, this sounds interesting. You know, I've reached that age in life where midlife, you know, spread around the waist. And it was sort of like, and she was talking about working the upper body. And sort of the woman gave her email address and sort of Vicky looked at me and said, oh, are you, are you interested in this? Would you like to give us your email address? And I sort of thought, yeah, sure. I gave her my email address, went inside. I didn't end up uh, joining the Ramblers, didn't really gel with the, with any of them and sort of and, and left thinking, nah, it's not really for me and completely forgot about the whole thing. And then about 10 days later, I received an email from Bristol Nordic Walking saying, oh, we've got a beginner's class coming up. Would you like to go on it? I went and I was a bit a bit unsure at first from the beginners class, but I thought I'll give it a try. And I, I signed up for the the next walk walking session they, they had, which was a Wednesday evening and went along. I haven't looked back. That was May 2014, I think, and haven't stopped, stopped Nordic walking since, really. And what benefits did you discover for yourself? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> where? where? <laughs> Well, for starters, my body shape changed. That sort of roll around the waist. I didn't. I didn't think I lost really lost a great deal of weight, but I my body shape changed. I felt fitter. I felt a lot healthier, both physically and mentally. That was another thing. I sort of like. I think being outside, you know, it's outdoors, it's great for the soul, the spirit, the mind, uh, your mental well-being, as well as the exercise side of things. And another thing I loved about it was I. I to be honest, I hate gyms and places like that. I never, I think I've stepped foot in one once and that's about it. But um, I, I think that what struck me about that was nobody talked to each other. But with Nordic Walking, everybody's chatting and, and it was great. As the, the social side, I met people that you wouldn't normally meet in your, in your normal social circle. Your social circle can stagnate. You meet the same people all the time. Whereas with Nordic Walking, I met people from all walks of life. When I started, I think, in, the, in, walk, in Bristol Nordic Walking, there was only one other man walking in the, in the club. So it was mostly women. I was sort of like quite happy in the company of women. And it didn't feel intimidated by that. Everybody was very friendly and chatted. And on the, on the, on the, the weekend walk, the Saturday, they only had the Saturday then. But everybody stayed for coffee afterwards and chatted. I think it was a whole sort of like you're getting good exercise, you sort of like well-being and also you're meeting and making new friends. And I've made a lot of friends through it as well. And uh, today our topic is night Nordic walking. So please, could you tell the listeners a little bit about the night Nordic walks that you lead? In 2015, I tra- trained as an instructor and um, I think about a year after that, I started leading a n- night walk on a Thursday evening I then went on to lead about well in the in the summer three walk three evening walks and in the winter two evening walks the one of them stopped because the area that we were walking in locked its gates at, at dusk so we couldn't walk there that was the only reason why we stopped there the Wednesday and Thursday evening walks I led although now that post-covid it's just a Wednesday evening but they're on the Downs, which is an open common space. Clifton Downs, it's, a, it's an open common. It's not particularly well lit. There are, there's a couple of roads that cross it that have got street lights on it. It's actually quite dark in places. So I've been leading that for what six years now, uh, and, and I thoroughly enjoy it. I, I love walking at night. 
And so how many participants do you get coming on your walks at night? It does, it does drop a little bit in the winter. Some people don't enjoy walking in the dark. They find they don't like that uh, the, that side of it. But uh, I think a big big part of it is is is, is the weather as well. Which I mean, the weather it can be a little bit more extreme, um, colder in the winter. People people have this instinct to hibernate as well. I think where they they, they get home and they want to stay cozy and warm in their house. They they don't want to sort of go back out. Whereas when it's sunny or warm, they're, they're, they're quite happy to go back out for a walk in the evening. I've had classes up to, we, we Bristol, we run classes of 16. And I have had full classes through the winter time. And what adaptations do you have to make when Nordic walking in the dark? Um, I try not to change my class. I try not to change my style of my class. The classes are hour long. We, we, we have people of all abilities from beginners to, to people who have been walking. For, I've got clients that have been walking with me for six, seven years. We're doing technique. We also have a theme of the week. And we'll we'll do a talk about the theme of the week, say something like stride length. So some people overstride when Nordic walking. So we'll have that focus. I like to try and give everybody a technique tip. But even in the dark, some some instructors say, oh, it's harder to give technique tips because you can't see things so well. But I've got a good you need a good head torch. That's really the one thing I've, I've got a, a 300 lumen torch and I've I've learned um, partly from being looked at, but don't look people in the face when you're um, when you're talking <laughs> to them, and you've got a head torch on. I've, I've learned that myself. And then they look at you, and it's like, um, can you just look yes. down a little? <laughs> like being in full beam headlights, isn't it? Yes, yes, like a rabbit in the headlights. It, but it was, <laughs> and it also just completely destroys yours or their night vision as well. But I try and keep the class the same, and, and I still give everybody a, sort of like their technique tip. I know some some instructors um, insist that they and their their, their clients wear high vis jackets um, so they can be seen. But we don't insist on that. I think because you've got sort of a good head, everybody's got a good head torch on. We suggest that that clients have a minimum of 150 lumen for their head torch, and it's got to be a directional beam. Some head torches, they just it's just. It's like a cyclist's head, to- head torch. It's just so they can be seen, whereas um, you need something which has got a, a directional so you, they can see the ground. They can see if there's any debris on the ground um, or, or any anything that trip hazards at all or, or where, where they're going. Um, but those, those head torches give off enough light that, that anybody around you can see you quite easily. Does walking in the dark induce a different atmosphere amongst participants compared to your daytime groups? Uh, yes, I think, yes, it does. Um, you, you find that the group tends to keep together a little more. Like I say, we have mixed ability groups and you've got faster and slower walkers. At night, people tend to group together more. It's, it's a more cohesive group. I was wondering whether in the dark people open up more. I don't know, I just thought there's something quite quite blanketing about the dark and quite cold. yeah they do um with the weather i think also the weather can in, induce a sort of like more camaraderie between the um between them and they become more open to each other and 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 also a sense of humor as well is quite 
sort of like when you, when it's lashing with rain, everybody sort of like it, it gives them a, gives them a, a, a greater greater satisfaction of, of yes, we've been out here, and they, they'll laugh in the face of adversity. And they've done it together. Sometimes you've got the in the winter we got driving rain, and it, I, I say say it's good for the skin. It exfoliates the skin, you know, nicely. They finish it feeling a real great satisfaction, a, a, a almost smug satisfaction that they they while other people have been stayed at home and on their sofas we've been out and we've we've got some good exercise and and sort of beaten the weather as it were and does anything surprise people when they first try nordic walking at night time yeah one of the things that that really surprises is how different a place is when they go walking so so like they can walk in an area and they think they know it really well but walking in a place at, at night you've got to know the area very well because because it does look very different it changes this their perspective on things you've got the the bare trees one walker actually said you've got this lovely skeletal tree outlined against the pearly pearly black sky and i think i think that was that's a really lovely sort of and they they notice the stars as well i've got an app on my phone and i like to sort of like go oh there's Venus or or there, there's Mars and and so 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 not only Nordic walking but you're you're doing a little bit of stargazing as well. You know. Does it heighten but, the other senses because you can't see so well? Yes, you become more attuned to your other senses. Your, your sounds um, become more more clearer. Also, you experience other things. Once one one night we were walking across the downs and we could hear it sounded like a baby crying, a wailing. And um, we actually came across three foxes. One was hiding in the middle of the bush and there were two foxes sort of like circling around this bush. I, I have a feeling it was a female in the bush and two males. So sort of like we, we came to the conclusion. And uh, But this, we, we, we were so perplexed to start with what was... And we actually... we how we saw the foxes we could as we were looking around with our head torches the, their eyes suddenly flashed in in the in the head torches and it was sort of like oh what's that there and uh, i think they they feel freer um like i said a lot of our walkers are female and they wouldn't go out walking at night uh, alone and <laughs> to be honest I, I don't think i'd feel comfortable walking around on the on the downs at night on my own but um, walking with a group, it's, it gives them the, the, the confidence to go, go out walking at night because it it's beautiful out there at night. You've got this totally different perspective on the area that you're walking in. So they don't feel that they have to worry about where they're going because you as an instructor, you're leading the group, you're telling them where to go. And, and, and they, don't, they, they, they rely on you to sort of like know exactly where you're going. I've only got lost. Well, I said I don't 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 class it as getting lost. I got pixie led, which is oh, a Cornish right. expression. It's I grew up in Cornwall. It's a it's a Cornish expression. It was a thick fog on the on the downs one night, and there's an avenue of trees that cross the downs. We were double arm poling down this down this avenue of trees, and we'd only gone a short distance. There's a road at each end, and we came to the road, and I was like, I, I was completely thrown can't have got to the end already you know we couldn't actually see the trees on either side and we'd actually gone in a circle a, a very small <laughs> circle back to the road but as soon as I got my bearings I knew exactly where I was and 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 sort of like a bit later on in the walk I was just behind the lead the the, the people in the front of the group I was in so like in the middle of the group and and I said to the front ones there is a, there's a there's a path just to your right now I want you to take that and they were like 
and they, they turned right, but they, they couldn't see the path. The fog was that thick. And then they were like, how did you know this was here? And I was like, ah, when I was trained as an instructor, they fitted with me, fitted me with a GPS system so I know exactly where I am. <laughs> I like the ideas of pixies in the mist, though. I think that's really <laughs> great. I'm going to blame them when I next get lost. Um, do you have a favourite of all the technique points? Uh, uh, this this is this one's so easy to answer. If 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 any if you asked any of my regular or any anybody who's walked with me, they'd all go arm swing, <laughs> every, arm swing every time. It's swinging from the shoulder. It makes such a difference. Um, I, it's sort of like I think a lot of people that when they're Nordic walking, you see them bending their elbows and their their forwards their elbow stops at their side and their arm swings forward when they swing from the elbow and then and they don't extend fully back either when and when when they're swinging from the elbow all you're really doing is working the arm when you swing from the shoulder it brings in the whole of the upper body and i tell you so i tell everybody it's it's the shoulder muscles the triceps back muscles the core muscles and right the way down to the pelvic floor muscle and that's what uh, the difference between nordic walking and walking with trekking poles mm. it, it's sort of trekking poles you walk with bent arms Nordic walking, you, you swing from the shoulder. You, I say like a pendulum, using the arm like a pendulum in a grandfather or grandmother clock. So you're swinging from the shoulder, the hands, the weight. You get the full benefit of Nordic walking, working the upper body. Finally, what is your top tip for walking on air? Keep, keep Nordic walking. Yeah, great. Absolutely. I can't agree with you more. Yeah, carry, carry on and keep Nordic walking. That would be my top tip. That's a wonderful top tip. Marcus, thank you so much for joining us today. You've been absolutely brilliant. And um, thank you. I'm certainly inspired. I'm going to go and try a familiar route, but in the dark. I'm really looking forward to that now. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. And finally, before I go, I would just like to thank this episode's sponsors, British Nordic Walking, nordicwalk.store and Walking Women. Their support enables our community to share knowledge and learn together.